Hello, everyone. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whatever time you're listening to this. Welcome to the newest episode of Bankroll Burners, the poker podcast for people who can't stop getting it in bad. I'm Mike. And I'm Josh. And this week, as always, we are here to discuss some hands, some poker hands that we played in the past week that uh, perhaps we could have played better. Um, Wait, and, is that uh, is that is that what we're doing this week? I thought we usually did hands that we played perfectly. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I'm sorry. This is a totally new uh, podcast concept. In the past, uh, we've mostly just gone on air to talk about how amazing we are at poker and uh, highlight the hands where we really just absolutely crushed our opponents. Uh, but you know what? This week we're going to show a little humility and um, uh, share some 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 embarrassing stories. Uh, you know, not that we have many of those, though. No, uh, and you know, humility is is something I've often been accused of being. That's that's right, Josh. And, every time I walk down the street with you, some guy shouts, "Hey, that man over there! That man's pretty humble." Exactly. So. <laughs> Well, great. I, you know, I, I think, uh, I think, why don't we hop right into it? I think we're back to sort of a normal, normal episode this week. Uh, you know, hoping to keep getting more guests on, trying out new segments in the in the future. Let us know what what you guys like. But for now, why don't we, uh, why don't we hop in? All righty, let's do it. What's what? What do you got for us, Josh? Where were you playing? So both my hands this week are going to come from Encore, Boston Harbor, uh, playing in the one three game. I had a pretty good week this week. A nice solid rebound. Played a couple sessions. Finished up. Yeah, almost a buy-in overall, which uh, is definitely a nice rebound from a pretty tough, tough session last week. Um, this is a you know, as a reminder for the viewers, it's a 500 cap one-three game, which is the smallest game available at Encore. What is the next biggest game available at Encore? This is interesting, and something I was actually going to bring up is the next biggest game is a two-five game with a thousand-dollar cap. What? What? It's actually very interesting to me because a lot of the time recently when I've been playing at 1-3, there are one or two guys at the table who are talking to each other and who are former 2-5 players or have played both games. And they kind of say, like, 1-3 is just better. There's more action, more money's moving around. <laughs> just because, like, 2-5, you kind of get into the land of having a lot of pros and regs at every table versus 1-3 being the smallest. But still, like, obviously quite a big game. I, I mean, the buy-in for 1-3, as we've said, is, like, the same size as the buy-in for your 2-5 game in Jacksonville. Totally. Yeah, and I think that's interesting, too. You know, it's funny, like, Jacksonville, I think, is notorious for having, you know, among the worst poker players uh, this nation has to offer. And, um, you know, I that's what I've heard uh, from outside sources. You know, I mean, I'm here, so that, that's, you know, that's adding to that, uh, adding to that uh, mythos, I suppose. But Well, that's, that, that decides it. It definitely is true. That's right, exactly. Jacksonville, you know, I'm here, so it's, it's got the worst. No, but... Uh, uh, it definitely, there are some interesting poker plays that go on here in Jacksonville, I will say. I mean, the 2-5 game here, you know, I've, you know, just recently started playing it. And both I, I played it twice now, and both times I played, there was one person at the table who I could tell clearly was a student of the game. Um, but only one, you know, exactly one. So, um, and, and, you know, most people who are playing 2-5 are similar to people playing 2-2. Two -two. You know, they're just there to have a good time, and they happen to perhaps have slightly better paying jobs that allow them to yeah. well, that, more money. So, I mean, that's great. I think just here, you know, the 2-5 
regs. I, you know, and even at one three, there are sometimes reggy players who, you know, uh, I would kind of say that in a disparaging way, where you know they're they're very nitty. They don't really give action. They're just there to kind of while the hours away. Mm-hmm. Not really the kind of player you're looking for at the table, but. There are also a ton of, you know, fun recreational players. There's regs that do give action and are, you know, they're there every day and they're regs, but they're not, you know, kind of that that kind of reg slash pro. And it just seems, I mean, there is a lot of money flying around that 1-3 game. I mean, people are regularly up there with two or $3,000 stacks. So wow. it's, the game plays like very large. And I totally believe that if, you know, the 2-5 the game has a lot more of those you know, nitty regs that there definitely could be more money flying around per hand on, on the one, three tables. Sure. No, totally makes sense. So, okay. So what's your hand? What, what, what's going on? What's the effective stack? So I am in the straddle for this hand and the effective stack is 500. So just about starting stack. It's, uh, you know, 165 ish, uh, big blinds, but not in this hand as I am in the straddle, uh, as I want to do, uh, you know, I, I really have kind of gone over to the dark side of straddling most of the time because either kind of everyone's straddling and you don't want to be the, the knit out or nobody's straddling and you really want to kind of pump up the action a little bit and encourage it in others. That's exactly right. I'm in the, I'm in the same boat. I'm pretty much always putting on that straddle whenever possible. So that's great. Yeah. So in this hand, um, the hijack is going to raise it up to 15. It's quite a small raise, but sometimes people don't always adapt their raise sizes properly to the to the straddle being out. Um, yeah, that that's actually a really good point because I've seen that too, where like people will uh, do that. They'll they'll raise a normal open size over straddle. Do you interpret that as weakness? I don't think I really do. Uh, a lot of players, and this player in particular, had been opening a fair amount, and he'd pretty much just been opening to fifteen kind of blindly. So I I don't even know if he knew there was a straddle on. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. But it does depend. If, if it's a thinking player or someone who is varying their raise sizes, definitely could be seen as a sign of weakness. Sure. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. All right, so the high, so hijack opens to 15. Does it fold and back it's going to gonna fold all the way around to me in the straddle, shockingly. Strange. Okay. Uh, and I look down at King of Hearts, Jack of Clubs. And I okay. know in the past, you know, we've talked a lot about kind of wanting to three-bet this hand a lot, especially sort of, you know, in kind of a middle position. In this particular case, I think I'm at, I I decide to just call just because you know I'm actually like just closing the action and you know getting a getting good odds because I'm in the straddle and he put in a pretty small small open so I decide to just just call. Yeah, I think that's very appropriate. I mean, you know, people talk about we've talked in the past about like a polarized three betting range where you're really only raising your premium premium hands and then some bluffs, some like high equity bluffs, like you know, ace five suited. And the big, the where you're closing the action, so that would be the big blind normally, or if you're playing three blinds, then straddle, you know, where you're closing the action, you are highly incentivized to use a polarized three betting strategy uh, because you get such good prices to call. And you're going to be calling with a lot of weaker hands than you normally would call with. And therefore, you need to balance that by calling with a lot of stronger hands that you might otherwise three bet with from other positions. So I think it's totally reasonable to call here i think three betting with king jack off here is probably a bit spewy uh, i hate king jack off uh, i'm happy to fold it even a lot of times 
Uh, obviously not from straddle, but uh, in a lot of situations, it can be folded pre-flop. So yeah, yeah, no I mean, absolutely, absolutely. I know what you mean. And in the small blind, for example, I probably should be folding it. I, I might call it anyway because that's that's the kind of spewy I am. But anyway, that's not what happens. I make the call, and we go to a, 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 an interesting flop. I would say it comes out five of diamonds, four of clubs, three of hearts. So five. Of five wow. Okay. Yeah, five, four, three, rainbow. Now, what what do you think about this flop? Do you think there's any merit to donking on this flop, doing a little bit of leading on a kind of such a connected board, or how, how do you sort of treat this? Are you check calling, check folding, leading. What what do you think? Yeah, I mean, so you don't even have a backdoor. Um, I mean, you know, this board shouldn't really hit him, quote unquote. It should like it's better for your range. I mean, he will almost never have a nut type hand here. You know, he 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 will almost never show up here with ace deuce. Or you know six seven um, something like that. You almost never have a straight. Of course, there's no flush possible out there. Uh, so you have, and you can have those hands. You you can you probably have. I mean, you might have literally all sixteen combos of ace deuce. Uh, whether that is advisable is another question. But you know, he, I mean, he made it so small over your straddle. You probably are supposed to have sixteen combos of ace deuce. So you can certainly have the nuts. Um, and you probably you definitely have six seven suited. You might have some six seven off, you know. So you definitely can have all the nuts here. Uh, he definitely he probably has a range advantage on you though, where he's going to have more strong hands here than you will, because you're also going to whiff the board a lot. And he could have aces, kings, queens, etc. Hands you can't. So that's yeah. I mean that's that's I guess where my head goes at first. But in terms of what are you actually going to do? I mean your specific holding is so terrible on this board I, I might just check fold to be honest with you i mean just yeah. just considering how bad how, like you have nothing you know you've got two overs which you know you might not even if you make a pair you might not even be good here you know yeah totally fair and that's basically the conclusion that i come to as well but you know what i'm happy to sort of check fold here uh but what actually happens is i check and he and he checks it back so now i'm okay. i'm kind of feeling like you know i i'm starting to formulate some devious plans it feels like his range you know is relatively capped I mean, he can obviously have over pairs, and maybe, you know, sometimes you can check over pairs here. But this doesn't really seem like the type of player who's going to be doing a whole lot of checking with over pairs. Right. I mean, if this was a guy who was really savvy, you know, he, he's not capping his range. But yes, most, correct. Players here, m most players here at this point, as played, will not have any over pairs at all. Not even like nines. So. Well, it's funny that you say that. I really hope he doesn't have nines because the turn rolls off the nine of diamonds. Huh. Okay. Puts a backdoor flush out there, notably. It puts a yep, exactly. It and, puts. And a, you do not have a diamond, correct? I uh, do not have a diamond. That's correct. Okay. All right. So, so five of diamonds, four four of clubs, three of spades, nine of diamonds. Yep, and the pot's uh, right around thirty-five uh, between the call, the raise and call preflop and the blinds. I think that this is a great time to uh, to, to start putting some money in. Uh, you know, I think that I can I might get called on the turn by a number of hands. Like I might even get called by an ace high, like with a gutter you know, and some overcards, given that the flop went check-check. But I think I, I just want to... I, I basically decide I want to make a big bet here. I want to, you know, start kind of putting pressure on those kinds of hands, you know, when I don't really think that he's going to have a particularly strong hand here. I, I think this is fair. Uh, you know, basically you're going to say, I'm going to run a two-street bluff, barring any, like, you know, bad, like bad rivers, maybe. Where you're just going to be like, I'm going to press my nut advantage, you know, my extreme nut advantage. I'm kind of uncapped, and he is capped. 
on this like on this particular particular board. I mean, you literally you can have straights, you can have sets, you can have anything as played. So I, I think I that's mean, fair. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, I was just gonna say, you know, I, I do think there he can have you know pocket pairs, fives, fours, threes. You know, he might actually, I, I don't know, he might be more likely to check those back on the flop. I mean, I know you sort of mentioned, you know, when you're playing aggressively and then you check, kind of often kind of raises alarm bells in other players' heads. So yeah, I mean, th- there's kind sure. of that to consider. I think that's fair, but I feel like you have way more nut hands here than he does. So I, I, I could see pressing that advantage there. But I will say, if you're going to do this with King Jack offsuit, it sounds like you're doing this with you probably have way too many bluffs here is, is kind of where, I, where what I would say. Like you probably have far too many bluffs you're doing this with if you're doing it with a with a no equity hand like King Jack off suit. Um so yes, probably I would be careful about doing this a lot. Uh but against certain player types who are absolutely never gonna punish you, you know, go for it. So Yeah, well I, I think this is really sort of a, a pure exploitative play. Or I'm sort of thinking that where my, my opponent is not playing sort of the ranges correctly, where they might, as you said, I think you put it best, where against a competent player who's thinking, who's, you know, really, really considering different boards, checking back the flop would not, would not cap your range because, you know, you want to be doing some amount of checking with, with overpairs, you know, maybe not with aces because you have, because you have like the gut shot, but certainly you know, with, with kings, queens, jacks all the way down, you you may want to do a little bit of checking here for pot control. Um, so, but against this player, I think I think you're probably right. I think this is a spot where I kind of see, you know, a, a lot of weakness from players where there is an opportunity to run a two-street bluff that, that they, you know, just frankly feels like it's not going to get picked off all that much. I will say, Josh, that if you run this two-street bluff and just get, like, snap called in the river by, like, pocket sevens, you're going to feel like a complete dunk. Absolutely. I, I mean, I feel like that a lot of the time, so it wouldn't be a new feeling. Yeah, that's fair. But I guess what I'm saying is, like, you're going to be like, oh, this is so stupid. Why am I bluffing with these no equity hands when I could have, uh, you know, higher equity hands to do this with? So it's just one of those things where, like, your your evaluation of, like, a hand like this. I mean, I this is a problem for me when I do sort of things like this. Whenever I play in an unbalanced way, I'm always like, oh, I'm so stupid, you know, if it doesn't work out. So definitely there's, there's going to be a mental game component to how this hand plays out, I guess, is, is all I'm saying. That's a, that's a good point. And, you know, this is another thing that I know we've talked about, you know, uh, offline a little bit is I feel like I kind of default in my play to being a little bit too passive and sort of ABC. You know, and maybe you lead the other way a little bit. And so it's really a lot about sort of, and I kind of made a conscious decision going into the session that I needed to play a little bit more aggressively. I do see your point that this may just be sort of blindly blind aggression with no equity for the point of, for the sake of blind aggression, which is not, you know, necessarily advisable. Um, But, you know, just, just another sort of variable that probably was, was affecting my play in this scenario as well. Sure. Fair enough. All right. So you put in, you put in a bet. How big did you go? I'm going big. I'm betting, I bet 30 into the pot of 35. Cool. Just like I would with, you know, any of my sort of nutted hands here. And he, he thinks about it for a little bit and then he makes the call. Awesome. All right. Well, not awesome, I suppose, but maybe not unexpected. And, I, uh, you know, from your first barrel. And I will say, too, when your opponent's range is extremely, extremely capped the way his is, uh, you are allowed to overbet. So some, something to consider sometimes for these spots. That's true. 
And, you know, the way you talk about potential hands the villain can has, it's like you know what cards are coming, because I hope I don't get snapped off by pocket sevens, because the river will roll off an offsuit seven. Ah, all right. So, three, four, five, seven, nine, basically, is your board. You have There's a missed backdoor diamond draw. And I will say for our listeners, we don't tell each other the hands before. We, we, we make a conscious effort to not do so. So I am actually just that good. He just he just knows that my opponent has both pocket nines and pocket sevens simultaneously exactly. and is getting ready to put in a big raise. That's exactly right. Okay, so what do you do on this card? So I think this is a great card to continue barreling on. Uh, the diamond draw did miss, but I think that, you know, that's not sort of the extent of my barrels. It also completes any sort of 6x, which is which was open-ended. Um, mm-hmm. Which you have a lot of, probably. I mean, it's really funny is, like, if you're doing this with, like, about... Like, even if you're doing this with, like, every 6x in your range, because you called such a small raise out of the straddle, like, you have so many 6x, it's not even funny. So, like, this is an awesome card, honestly. Yeah. And and I kind of think about sizing, and, and you know, I kind of feel like, given sort of my opponent having capped the range, I feel like going too big is almost like a mistake and might, and might invite a call. Like, if I suddenly bet, like, 100 into 95 here, you know, I, I actually, you know, that that's sort of... I don't know that I would be, you know, doing that with a straight when I kind of want to get value from like a one pair hand at best. Um, so I kind of I like for a bit of a smaller sizing and it's not small. I, I, I bet 70 basically into 95, which is, you know, around three quarters pot. It's just something I was thinking about is, you know, if I had a really strong hand here, I might not bet like pot or over just because of the types of hands I expect the villain to have here. Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, because you kind of polarized yourself on the turn, and then you know you're you're kind of. I I kind of like. I think it's really important in poker hands to tell a consistent story. And like, while I hear you saying like, "Oh, you know, if I had a straight, I'd want to be called," um, by a, like a one pair hand. You know, I I think if you've polarized yourself, then you're you're kind of allowed. I suppose, to keep polarizing yourself. Like, it doesn't look fishy, which is, I think, what you were concerned about. Is like, oh, am I going to get called, you know, super light if I go huge or something? But I don't think it looks fishy when you tell the story of, like, I have a big hand, and then a draw that you are liable to have comes in, and then you say, I still have, like, all right, buddy, I definitely have a big hand. You know, I don't think there's anything suspicious about that. Yeah, that, that's a good point. And I mean, as, as I said, I didn't bet, like, particularly small like i still bet around three quarter spot i wasn't sure, i wasn't, sure. wasn't going to bet like you know 30 all of a sudden because i think that just invites also invites a call because it's just too small and he's just gonna yeah like, yeah yeah, yeah i don't think you're lot. sizing i don't think your sizing is like terrible or something it's just something i thought about it when you yeah no it. definitely a good point and i think telling a consistent story is you know something that's an sort of always important to do in poker and something that is that is very hard to get sort of exactly right Sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so so I take this I take this relatively you know three quarters pot sizing. I bet seventy, and and he doesn't think too long, and 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 folds. So you know, right. I suspect you know he, he may have picked up a diamond draw on the turn. He may have you know some sort of just ace high that had a gut shot and didn't believe the the sort of turn barrel. You know, could have had a number of hands. I mean, probably didn't have a pair of any kind. Maybe he had, he like showed up with like ace three, ace four, or something. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I I do like you know I think you the awesome thing about this you know this turn bet too is like even if you, even when you do have it 
you know, you're going to get called by so many ASAC hands because they have a gut shot. And, um, you know, for our members of the audience, just so you know, you shouldn't call the turn with a naked gut shot. Uh, you do not have the pot odds almost ever. You need like 10 to 1 or something nuts like that. So don't do that. But a lot of people do it. So uh, definitely. Well, and, and then, I, listeners, I hear you all clamoring. What about the implied odds? Well, you implied odds, you know, as you know, require deep stacks. But they also require you to get paid. And if you have a naked ace on three, four, five, and a deuce comes, you are not getting paid the proper amount. You are not like you know you're you're. If you don't say you're getting laid like three to one in your call, um, you know for your on the, your turn the turn barrel. So you call and you, that okay, great. Now and and you make your your hand on the river. You now need to get paid if you needed ten to one. Or maybe it's nine to one. I don't remember exactly off the top of my head. But let's say you needed nine to one and you only got three to one. Well, that additional you actually need to make six x um, the the uh, the bet to on the river six x of that bet. You need to because the difference you know if you needed nine and you only had three. That different you can do the math there to get your implied odds that you need is that six would be the number six x the bet or six x the amount you had to call is what you actually have to make and that that can be pretty difficult. So, yeah, exactly. So, for you there. Yeah, which, you know, we, we're pretty sure it's right, but you should probably double check uh, from a more reliable source. Facts. <laughs> well, anyway, so that's, that's sort of my hand, just a little, a, a nice little bluff where kind, kind of exploitative bluff. Uh, so why don't you hop into your first one? Yeah, no, I, I, I like that hand. It's a good one. It's definitely a good, good noticing your opponent's weakness and, and range differentials, taking advantage of it. So. All right. Well, I've got a hand from a, a two five. I, I did, like I mentioned earlier, take another uh, try at two five, and this one did not go well. Uh, I ended the session uh, stackless, um, but uh, you know that's how it goes. Um, but that's okay. Got some pretty interesting hands out of it, and uh, this this first hand, uh, I want to say is. I mean, I'm I'm embarrassed by this hand. I really think that I played it so badly. Uh, so I'm sounds I'm like a perfect very, hand for the podcast. Exactly. I'm very excited to hear uh, what you have to say uh, about me on this in this hand, Josh. So, all right. So we're playing two five, and the straddle was on pretty much every hand, which was great. Uh, we were doing bomb pots every dealer's change. It was a very actiony table, lots of fun. So it was two five ten. Um, and uh, I am in the cutoff. And with the main villain in this hand, we are going to be $670 effective. Uh, so that's, you know, with the straddle, that's like, is that 60 big blinds, something like that? Or 67 big blinds, rather. Um, so all good. And how, so, so this is a good game. I mean, this is, again, something to, to, I think we both try and look for in a game or, you know, chatty tables, friendly tables. Bomb pots, straddles, you know, a lot of action. Just just sounds like a, a great, a good game for shot taking. Although, you know, when the straddle's on and you're already sort of shot taking or stretching your bankroll to 2-5, it can be a little daunting to double stakes again. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But you know what? It's worth it. It's great for the game. It gets people loosey-goosey and doing silly stuff. Uh, so, you know, happy to do it. Um, and it was, no, I mean, this was a good table. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it was a good time. So... Uh, and I, I would happily have the same table mix again. Um, but in this hand, uh, Under the Gun plus one, who is, you know, the first to act, of course, because Under the Gun is straddling. 
this player is really bad. He's been running pure, but he is really bad. So something to note. Um, and oh no, I'm sorry. That's not that's not actually true. Uh, I'm I'm thinking of a of a different player. So I'll I'll get to that guy later. So the spoiler alert for the next hand. This hand, the under the gun, uh, plus one player, um, is is slightly less bad. But anyway, uh, he limps. Okay, so we got a we got a we got a, a player who limps. Um, and then I'm in the cutoff in this hand. And so, what, so what's UTG plus one like? I mean, is he sort of then a, sort of a normal kind of live stakes, live yeah, low yeah. stakes, I mean, reg, limpy, limpy, loose he's passive? Not, he's not the main villain in this hand, but yes, there, there's not okay, not much on him. So, um, and so he limps. And it falls to me in the cutoff, so I make it 40 with uh, Queen of Diamonds, Jack of Hearts. Okay, um, I like, I mean, you can't go wrong with, with Broadway cards. Obviously, you know, one, one slight issue that I've run into with specifically Queen Jack is you, unfortunately, some, sometimes you, you kind of give yourself reverse implied odds where, yeah. like, you know, you, you actually will get called by, like, better queens and better jacks, even though those hands should not be limp calling. Yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. Um, I think that's a fair point. I think I can maybe limp behind with this hand sometimes, or even just fold it. Um, but I, I also think it's not the it's not the worst hand in the world to raise. Um, Absolutely clean. not. I yeah. like putting in money. Yeah. So I, I make it forty, um, and then it falls to the big blind who only has a hundred dollars, and she goes ahead and rips it in. Uh, I don't read much into this when players get this short you know they'll rip it in with like whatever you know i, I didn't really sandwich think. yeah exactly so you know this player rips it in for 100 and the straddle calls which i thought was interesting and then the, the limper folds so it's back on me so what are you doing okay. here? the strat so the straddle i'm six i'm six uh 670 effective with the straddle what are you what are you doing here I mean, I think we just kind of have to call. Uh, I think shoving doesn't make a ton of sense because it's sort of a similar situation like we talked about last week where it's, you know, even if we can't bluff the big blind, you know, if we shove, we're still, you know, heads up with the big blinds range with no opportunity to put money in. And obviously the shove you know, doesn't necessarily indicate a ton of strength, but it, you know, is likely ahead of you at the moment. You know, yes, it's something like, yeah, like just an ace high hand, you know, any ace. Exactly. Ahead, so. Exactly. So, so I, I think I, I, I'm okay calling here. I mean, you're getting a pretty good odds. You, you know, your hand can still make top pair, and when you're relatively short, like that's still that's still a solid hand. You have a lot of yeah. opportunities later, and you're in position. Sure. I mean, here's the thing. I hate dry side pots. Is I mean, is there any consideration to folding here? Um, you know, I mean, I guess there. I guess like you are probably behind. You know, if you think that you're probably behind the big blind and then mate you know the straddle i mean that cold call you know feels a lot like it could i know we like to talk about cold calls often reflecting sort of pocket pairs which means you're probably flip you're likely flipping with with that person so i mean i think there i think you can fold but i i think that given the price you know i i do think you're going to be good a decent amount of the time when you hit top pair in in this situation given that the sort of the big blind can have a lot of different hands that are like random ace highs or king highs sure. and and the you know the straddle can have a lot of pocket pairs i 
I I I I kind of like calling here. Okay, I think that's fair, and I will say Straddle is you know reasonably competent player. Um, not like you know, it's like not a like not a GTO wizard, but a decent player. You know, someone who knows what's going on. Um. So, but yeah, I I think I uh. I think I I think I sh- I'm just supposed to call here, and that is what I, happens. Can you remind me of the suits of your hands? Yes, I have Queen of Diamonds, Jack of Hearts. Perfect. So the flop is Queen of Spades, Ten of Spades, Six of Hearts. What do we? Th- so what do we think? there's a. So there's a spade flush draw. We do not have a spade, so we don't have a backdoor. We pretty much flopped top pair. We have a backdoor straight draw, but you know it's a backdoor one liner. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, I, I mean, I think this is you know at first glance pretty good for us. I uh, you know, I, I I think I you know I I think I think this is this is looking good. Obviously, the the straddler could have like made a set or some two pair here, but I think we're in pretty good pretty good shape. Yeah, I don't think the straddler is likely to have tens. I mean, maybe you know, I, I feel like tens might get like you know rejammed. Um, yep, that's fair. Uh, I think so. That's it's possible. Um, I think sixes is absolutely possible. Uh, I also think that a king queen, ace queen, maybe. I mean, God, ace queen would shock me, I guess. But you know, king queen maybe also is possible. King queen suited that they you know decided to flat with. Um, so you know, I could be behind here, but I think I'm ahead most of the time. And I'm, I think I also probably have the big blind beat for whatever it's worth. Um, so I go, it checks to me, and I go ahead and bet one third pot. I bet $100. I think, I mean, I like that a lot. I think, you know, kind of going for thin value here and into the side pot makes a lot of sense. You know, you can still get called by people with, with worse hands. I mean, you know, Queen 9 is certainly a hand that, that, that's in the straddles range, probably Queen 9 suited. I mean, I see, I've seen people. People love Queen Nine suited in Boston for some reason. I don't know if you have the same experience, but I, I you know, I, I, I do like That's I do like Boston going special, buddy. People uh, say it's my two pair hand. Oh my god, I can imagine it in a Boston accent. Um, well, yeah, I think Queen Nine suited is absolutely an atrocious call out of the straddle versus a three bet shove, but whatever. You're right; people can have it, um, and. I do think that I can get called by the small pocket pairs that are uh, populating the straddles range and also um, spade draws, of course. Yep. Um, so, and also King Jack, although I am blocking that. Um, and he does call after a little bit of a think. And okay. I don't, so it's, I will say, okay, like, I don't think that my hand is a three street hand by any stretch of the imagination. You know, in this moment, I'm thinking, like, maybe I can get a second street somewhere in here, but there's no way in hell I'm going for three streets with this hand. And it's worth noting, I, I think at this point, given the information that the pot is actually a little bit bigger than our stacks, right? The pot's now up to 515, and we've got like 470 left. That's correct. So, you know, that's, I mean, you know, three streets may not even really be an option. So just, just something to consider as, you know, sure. we think about sizing on future streets. Well, I don't even really super want to get stacks in with this hand. You know, it's possible that yeah. I'm going to be checking a lot of turns and then, you know, maybe going for thin value on the river, depending on how things shake out. So I, I to- totally agree. I, I'm more thinking, you know, we, when, if we do size, a, you know, a future bet, just important to consider, you know, that we have to leave ourselves enough behind to, you know, con- give, give folding a strong consideration. 
Sure. If he, if he, you mean versus a jam, yeah. Exactly. Um, so the turn is the ace of clubs. So that's an overcard. Um, he checks. What do we do here? I mean, I, I like checking back a lot here. Yeah. I think, as you pointed out, King Jack is, is in his range. I mean, as you've also noted, we are blocking it. But, you know, he also, you know, that there could be some ace highs in his range, right? Like ace jack is possibly one that he, you know, put into his calling range for, for whatever reason. You know, maybe I mean, ace jack suited. Will Cole, I think ace jack suited is actually a fairly likely call out of the straddle. I think I, think I might even play ace jack suited as a call in that specific configuration so i right. maybe i'd have to think about it a little more but i i think that's a very possible line for him to have of course we're blocking it a little bit but it is it's in his range so. yeah and i also don't you know i mean it's also a fairly loose defend on the flop i would say into a dry side pot uh but it is it certainly is possible i've seen worse yeah yeah absolutely i mean if you know ace jack suited with a back door you know if you ace jack jace jack of hearts Anyway, I, I love oh, I, I, I really like I really I, like checking here. Yeah, I have the jack of hearts, so we can't have ace jack cards. But yes, I check back. So check check. And uh the river now is the ace of hearts. Okay. So the board Jack's... is now queen of spades, ten of spades, six of hearts, ace of clubs, ace of hearts. So this is a spot. I mean, we where we could get some dicey thin value if if he checks. I actually don't even think it's that dicey. Uh, yeah, you know, checks, I think we can bet. I, I yeah, agree. that's yep. not what happens though. Okay, the straddle jams for four hundred seventy. Wow. Yep. And this is still so the side pot is still smaller than the main pot. Correct. The side pot is two hundred. The main pot is three hundred. And this. And the straddle is jamming for 470. So this is, I mean, this is interesting because this is, I mean, this is a really interesting river just because, you know, there's obviously fewer aces he can have. And we don't have a good sense. You know, we didn't get to bet the turn and, you know, kind of evaluate river based on, you know, his his action on the turn. So this is pretty, this is a pretty tough spot. I mean, King Jack gets there, but I, I, we don't we don't have a spade and the spade draw is like the big one that missed. Yeah. But the the dynamics of having the side pot, you know, kind of make it make it less attractive for the straddle to be jamming with some sort of misdraw. Right, that's that's right. I mean, the thing is that it let's say he has missed spades, which I think is possible. I mean, he could certainly have missed spades, but like so he's going to jam, he's going to win the side if I fold, right? And then he's going to lose the main, presumably, because there's no I mean, the only spade hands here that aren't paired up, I mean, there's like jack nine of spades, which is an open-ended straight draw and a flush draw on the flop. There's um, maybe eight, nine of spades, which is a gutter on the flop and a, and a flush draw. And it's worth noting that I think... He's even defending that. I mean... I think a lot of those combo draws are getting... Um are getting raised on the flop. Right. You know, I think people kind of, you know, that's like a slam dunk raising hand, even for sort of relatively passive live low stakes regs. It's yeah. like, Which you know, straight drop. Not, plus by the way. Like, like I said, okay. this guy knows yeah. that's out. So that's, that's fair. Good, good to know. But that's just sort of another thought there is, you know, there are, it, it's certainly, you know, those, th I, 
And, and I mean, I think people who know what they're doing and are putting more bluffs in their range are certainly going to be raising those sort of combo draws. Yeah, that's right. That's what I guess what I'm saying. So like, yeah, you know, I, there aren't that many Miss Spade draws in his range, if any, that aren't paired up. I mean, you know, he can't even have like a te- like a ten of spades that he decided to turn into a bluff because that, you know, of course, the ten of spades is out there. Is there like a six X of spades? Like, is he is he calling six seven of spades from the from the straddle there to that shove, and then you know, man, that's loose. I mean, um, yeah, and with it so. with it being the ace of hearts, also, I know, like as we were talking about sort of combos of things like ace jack suited, this doesn't cut down, like it doesn't reduce it to just one combo of ace jack suited because it's the ace of hearts and we have the jack of hearts. Well, there you know, is currently did- only one possible combo. Oh no, I'm sorry. You're right. You're correct. You're, I'm sorry. There's ace jack of diamonds and then ace jack of spades of course is possible as well but exactly that, so he should so not just, really have ace jack of spades I, I i can't if he's raising all those other hands he's got to be raising that on the flop as well yep that's actually a good point as well yep that's so that's I, completely fair yeah so i think ace jack of diamonds is legitimate um but uh, yeah it's a weird it's weird but i the, the dynamics of the side pot make like i thought about this hand a lot and i was like i should have just folded because like who is he really doing that I mean, I think you'd have to be a fairly sophisticated player to decide, like, I'm going to lose the main, but my opponent's range is really capped, which my range was really capped, to be fair, I think. It's fair to say that I have a very capped range once I check the turn. Um, and for him to be like, this player is super capped, I'm going to take down the side and lose the main with my busted draw. I mean, I, I just don't know how many players are really doing that, you know? Yeah, and, and I, I see your point. I mean, I think it kind of takes that sort of savvy player also to think, you know, it, as you said, it's like, well, I'm going to lose the main either way. And I think this guy's going to think I'm really strong if I jam because of this decide pot dynamic. So I may as well just win this 200 bucks. Right. And so, and, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think this is really honestly a kind of a trivial fold, to be honest with you. But that isn't what happened. I called. Okay, I, and I, I agree. I think I'd probably be folding in this spot a lot just because, you know, as we've said, there aren't that many missed spade draws that weren't white combo draws. Right. No, I think I really screwed the pooch by calling here. Uh, but I was surprised by what Villain had. Villain has uh, King of Hearts, Ace of Spades. Wow, we got Ace King. Yep. So, wow. I mean, we may want to, like, you may want to, like, reconsider Villain's categorization. I mean, that's that's really interesting that he's not you know, re, re-raising before the flop. I know, I was, yeah, I, honestly, the entire hand, I did not consider for a second that he may have ace-king. I really didn't. So I, I, I was pretty shocked by that. It, it's quite interesting that you, you know, that you kind of say that. I mean, it, I feel like this happens a good amount at low stakes where you kind of give someone a lot of credit because of some of the plays they're making. And then at one point, you just see a showdown and you're like, wow, like that is not right. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. I mean? You know, I, I've seen. I, I will give this player. I've seen this player make some good moves. Like I'm not going to write him off because of one weirdly played hand. But yeah, I, I, I do right. think this guy is fairly solid. But um, no, I do agree that I think calling with Ace King there preflop is pretty, is pretty pretty questionable. Obviously worked out for villain because uh, I'm a donk and I press the call button. But um, yeah. So that's 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 my that's my hand. <laughs> but really interesting hand. No, I mean I I think that. Sort of without giving it sort of a deeper analysis, you know, we we can kind of do the basic, oh, it's less likely he has an ace, spade draw, missed, press call. 
But then when you sort of take a step back and say, well, what were the spade draws that he's cold calling a three bet with? You know, e- even just doing that and saying, well, pretty much all of those should be combo draws. Right. And he's probably raising those on the flop a lot of the time. You know, let's just get out. Or they contain an ace. Let's get out. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, right. I mean, he can have like a weird like wheel ace here even, but I'm obviously crushed by that. So Yeah, exactly. Uh, so so I'm. I think that's a good that's a good point. Really interesting to I think, you know, I I could have gotten on board with a call at the beginning and of of this river and now I'm kind of I'm I'm totally on board with with a fold here. Yeah, and I wish I was too. I'd be $470 less poor. All right. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's move along nice. here. Okay, yeah, absolutely. So, um here's another hand and this is one where I really faced a, a there's a really interesting spot in it that I had no idea what to do, so I'm excited to get to that. This is the same uh, the same one three game, and in fact, the same table from the previous hand. This is from a session I played earlier this week. Uh, and under the gun plus one, who is an, another player who's definitely been uh, opening, you know, more more than his fair share, doing doing quite a bit of having quite a bit of, of aggression, is going to open this to sixteen with effective stacks. Uh, around 500. So again, this is actually one of my first hands at the table. Uh, but mm-hmm. people had kind of been people had told me that this guy's aggressive. I'd, I'd seen him around a little bit before, and he's gonna he's gonna put in a raise here to 16. There's no straddle on, so so right over the three. Okay. So is but that's not that that's not that unusual. I'm under. That's kind of a normal raise size, right? Yeah, absolutely. People go anywhere between like 12 and 20. I would say I would think is normal. All right. So and what so, what, what do you what happens? So he's in, he's under the gun and it's folding all the way around to me on the cutoff with ace ten of diamonds. Cool. And I, given that I kind of know this guy's relatively aggressive, I decide to try and get a heads up with him and and put in a put in a three bet. Absolutely, I think calling here versus an early position raise with ace ten uh, is very bad uh, because you are going to be dominated so so often. Uh, so and it's it's going to be really hard to play post, and you might end up getting taken for three streets by a better race. So I don't. I really, really think a three bet here is absolutely mandatory. So good, good on. Okay. What do you mean? What sizing? Uh, so I go relatively small. I mean, I go forty five. It's it's just a t- a titch below three x. You know, sure, I am in pos- I am in position. Uh, you know, don't have that many players it needs to get through. Also, all right. Uh, but it doesn't get through them as the big blind thinks about it for a little bit and cold calls. Hooray! And uh, then, of course, the under the gun player, as you might imagine, makes the call very quickly after that. So we're going with a pot of about 135. We got ace of diamonds, ten of diamonds. And I would say, you know, I, I probably would call this sometime. So I hear you say you're very against it. And I'm like, well, I should, you know, take a deep look at my play. Because, you know, I see suited ace and I think yeah, I can probably call this and, you know, it can make nutted hands, but I, I see your point as well that a lot of the time you'll flop an ace and just get crushed. Right. I mean, like this is actually a really interesting point because I think you are allowed to call like with a like a wheel ace, perhaps. You got like ace four suited, ace three suited. I think it's probably okay to call because you can probably get away from an ace. If you pair up, you could probably get away from getting taken to extreme value town by a bigger ace. But right. Uh, with Ace Ten, you're going to be like, "Well, uh, man, I don't know," and you yeah. might you might end up clicking that call button when you really shouldn't. So, well, you know, you certainly know a lot about that. Yeah, I sure do, so, but so do I. Uh, 
Anyway, the flop, now that I've gotten a little digging, the flop with 135 in the pot is going to come Queen of Clubs. Crying. I'm crying. Queen, Queen of Clubs, Ten of Clubs, Five of Diamonds. So we flop middle pair with a backdoor flush draw. Okay. The big check blind you. checks and the under the gun player checks. And this is a spot where I feel like the, the real only play for me to do here is, is check back. I think this this flop, you know, I don't have a queen. There's a ton of queens in, in uh, definitely the under the gun player's range. Probably not the big blind range so much. Uh, I have showdown value. I've also got the potential to improve to a nutted hand over the next couple streets. So I'm pretty happy to sort of play a little pot control with middle pair and, and see look for some improvement. Interesting. Yeah, I, I think that that's fair. I, I might consider range betting this board. Um, simply i mean if this was heads up i think you have to bet here but uh, yeah you know, i agree um certainly multi-way you know does change the consideration i will say um yeah i don't know I, I like it's interesting because i think your hand may have enough equity that if you get raised you can possibly i mean do you have the depth to call if you get raised Maybe not. So, yeah, thinking about it, like, I don't, if you get re check raised here, like, I don't know that you have the depth to call with your back door. So, I agree. Yeah. So I think you have to check here because you really don't want to get blown off your equity. So, yeah, I, I'm on board. I like, I like to check. Yeah. If, if I bet and get raised and I call, then the, the SPR would definitely be below one. My stack would be quite small. And then, you know, if a diamond rolled off the turn, I basically have to call a jam. Right. Which yeah. is not a position that I particularly want to be put in. Um, yeah, and I think that there's, you know, I have 450 in my stack. The pot's like 135. I think there is, there are opportunities to get the stack in if we do sort of improve to a to a disguised, you know, nut hand or or much stronger hand than we have. Sure, absolutely. So so it looks like the pot's going to stay about uh, 135, and and you're going to go to a turn. Exactly. Yep. And the turn okay. is going to come a pretty good one. It's the six of diamonds. So the board has of clubs, ten of clubs, five of diamonds, six of diamonds. We've got ace ten of diamonds. So we've now got second pair and the nut flush draw. Great. So here's where it gets interesting. The big blind is going to lead out for forty five, about a third pot. The big blind is a is an older gentleman. Uh, I wouldn't say he's been playing OMC. He's not been playing super nitty. He's been playing very, and I've seen him before as well. He's kind of a, another sort of ABC. Reg, I would say, you know, he's he's just gonna make a small bet here. Not, I wouldn't read into the, you know, bet into the si into the size of the pot as as meaning too much about the strength of his hand. Okay. He probably has a queen. Yep. The under the gun player now puts in a raise to one twenty. Ooh. And this is where I feel like I I just had really no idea what to do here. Yeah, that's tough. So. You know, let, let's talk through the three options. I mean, I felt like folding was kind of out of the question at this, I mean, here. With a pair and a flush draw, there are, like, so many cards that improve me. Yeah, I guess I, mean, I don't know that they're clean. I don't really think you have it. Uh, I think they are clean. I mean, like a 10. Like a 10 or an ace are the oh, ones sure. that I'm Oh, sure. I don't know that an ace, or, an ace or a 10. So a 10 should give you the best hand when would it not if someone i don't think anyone has a set here i guess yeah i think um, under the gun could you think you, know, you could check a set well you, you checked a set on the flop oh, i'm sorry yeah. you're, you're right you're the pre-flop aggressor yeah okay exactly. so you can have a set. Yeah, yeah 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 i'm sorry um 
So yeah, I guess that's true. So you may, yeah, you are missing your outs aren't that clean necessarily, but you you make the nuts. You are going to get paid very likely if you make your hand. Uh, so the implied odds are there. Although you may, I think you're getting direct odds to call here, right? Uh, you, sh you need to call. Yeah, the one, one awkward. Uh, well, maybe not. Not quite direct <laughs> odds, but it's it. This was exactly. Thank you for mirroring my inner monologue very well. Yeah, it's like you're in my head. You know, I was thinking, you know, can I just call here? I, I feel like I'm getting the right odds. I feel like, you know, I have plenty behind if I make a flush or like make trips and then, you know, that's like good for me. But also there's this big plan behind and like, you know, I, he could have something strong also. Like if he also calls, I'm going to be, in, it's going to be such a weird spot. Or if he like rejams, you know, that's going to be like, yes, that's, that's true. You just like that's fine. You can get away from that. I, I'm not. I guess like if Big Blind rejams, like I think it's kind of a trivial fold at that point because he's got. He's got yeah. So I'm just being, are, I don't know if I have if I will have the odds to fold if he rejams. You know, if like I might be getting the direct odds for the flush almost at that point. Uh, you need to be getting, I think four Probably to not one. Quite. I don't yeah, think so it's four to one if you rejammed. Yeah, you're right. So the stack um, sizes are deep enough where if if the big blind rejammed, I, I could still find a fold. So Yeah, I, I think you can call I I think jamming here is interesting. Like what are the like you have to think like what are the hands that you would jam here that um that I guess are value like what are you jamming here for value that you checked on the flop right because the, the turn here so remind us remind us the run out it's queen 10 of clubs five six of diamonds and and yeah. to your point like i totally agree it just didn't feel like i had any value jams here because right. like i'm gonna be betting over pairs because it's not a particularly scary board and even you know we talk sometimes about things like slow playing top set when it's multi-way, I don't even think, you know, I wouldn't want to do that. I'd want to start building the pot right away, I think, with, with top set multi-way with a flush draw. Yeah, and, and I honestly, like, if you, let's say you were, you know, you had queen-queen and you checked top set, like, and you're, and you're looking to jam that here for value, like, you literally need, like, two bluff combos, three bluff combos to balance that. And I don't think ace-10 of diamonds is going to be one of them. I think you want to have, you're, you want to have a hand with, you know, some kind of blocking properties, you know, like, you know, ace six. Uh, well, no, you can't have a six of diamonds, but um, you know, so I mean, I guess ace ten does block pocket tens. Uh, so that's 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 fair. I mean, you, this might be one of those hands that you're turning that you're like one of your narrow narrow bluffs. But God, I don't know. I think it's it's pretty dicey. I, I don't I don't really like jamming here. I mean, I hate calling too, obviously, but I kind of think you have to call. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, this is so like you know, and is there's any way like it's under the could under the gun just be doing this with like a club draw and my pair is good like possibly oh like if so big blind your pair is not good against big blind though very likely. yes that's true that's that's a good yeah big blind i think probably does have some sort of you know queen or like pocket jacks or something which i think he totally could have you know this is definitely the type of player who's cold you know and not i don't think there's anything necessarily wrong if you are cold calling from the big blind pocket you know those sort of Pickpocket pairs are not the worst things to do it with. Sure. I mean, but here's the problem, Josh, thinking about this a little more. Let's say you call and the big blind completes. Okay. Uh, okay. And then the river bricks. It's like a, it's like a, 
I don't know, a deuce of a deuce of spades. Spades. Yep. Yeah. And then it checks to you. What are you doing? Well, I think I'd probably just have to check back. Right. Like, you're just gonna give up. I think I just kind of multi-way, I think after the turn action that I kind of have to give up. Yeah. So if you call and if it goes call, call, then you so you're calling 120. Let's think about this. The pot is 135 plus his 45 plus the so that's that's 180 plus the 120. So it's 300. You have to call 120. So you're getting slightly worse than three to one direct odds. So you only need like 1.5 to one implied odds here, which means that you would need to be able to bet like 160, 170, 180 on the river and get called in at least one spot if you make your flush. Which I think I probably can. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, I think you can just make a raw implied odds call here with the plan of uh, folding a lot of like folding or or waving the white flag whenever you miss. Yeah, and, and that's what I basically decide is I have to just call here. Like I I don't really like it because like it's such a weird spot, but I am yeah. like still in position. Like I can check back rivers where I miss and like you know the under the gun player gives up. Uh so I, I do call and the big blind actually folds. Oh wow. Okay. So, well that's kind of like that's good, I think. Yeah, I mean I, I, I agree. And, and so we're going heads up now. The pot is about 420. I've got 335 behind. The river does come off a total brick. It's the six of hearts, so it pairs the board. Both flush draws miss, and so we've got queen 10, five, six, six. Interesting. Okay. And what does villain do? He jams. Pretty quickly. And now I put into another, I mean, pretty tough spot, not blocking clubs, but I mean, I, I basically am, am very heavily leaning towards fold from the get-go. Really? I, I really want to call here. Because we're, first of all, he can't have pockets, I mean, he shouldn't have pocket sixes. We're blocking pocket tens. So what is he, what is he raising for value on the turn that's made? He, like, we're blocking queen ten. Um, I mean, he shouldn't have queen queen. I guess he can have queen queen sometimes, but like, man, that's a narrow range. Like, what? Like his val? Like, I don't think he has much value here. Especially you said he's an aggressive player. I I want to call. Interesting. Yeah. See that that's interesting because I, you know, was sort of thinking like, wow, like it's you know, I am like the other issue is like I am blocking also like a, any sort of missed diamonds. Which is also something, you know, when he raises turn is definitely something else he's representing. But he could also have clubs, right? Which are, you know. He could also have, he could also have clubs. And I'm, I'm like really not sure like what sort of club draws he might have. You know, being somewhat aggressive, you know, I think he could also have something like, you know, 6x of clubs, I think is another sort of value hand at this point. Mm -hmm. You know, if he's got maybe, I sure. mean, a6 of clubs, he shouldn't really be calling, but like, after the big blind calls with a suited ace, I could definitely oh, yeah. see it he, happening. He could have seven, a, yeah. yeah. Seven six of clubs, possibly. I mean, even like six five of clubs. You know, I, I, he was but, under the gun, but he has been like, as I said, he has been opening quite. You know, he is somewhat aggressive. Yeah, but I mean, again, you know, we're, you're naming just like a few combos. Like, like think about like, let's say he has pocket queens here. He has three. Let's say he has three pockets of. I mean, I feel like he's, if he's aggressive, he's four betting pocket queens after the big blind cold calls, but. You know, let's give him some pocket queens, you know, a couple combos of that. 
and then you're you know you've you know named a few uh space uh, you know club plus pair pl- club plus six type draws you know that's like maybe hands you know there's maybe three of those so it's like five you know combos five or six combos and then of course there's queen 10 suited uh which he has just two uh, what was the queen what was the suit of the queen the queen 10 are both clubs and then i've got the 10 of diamonds right so there's two combos so you know that's seven value combos there if he's even jamming queen 10 on the river which he might not yeah i mean um, it it could certainly look like i have an overpair and queen 10 is like it's not, not ahead of overpairs. Yeah. Yeah. So man, and then the and thinking about like the bluffs he has, like so many, like ace king of clubs, ace jack of clubs, uh straight draws on like on the turn, like jack he probably shouldn't have jack nine if he's very aggressive, but any like every combo of King Jack, um man, I really want to call. I think he's yeah. over I think I think there's a very overbluffed spot by aggressive and- players. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I I don't come to that conclusion, and I may I certainly may be wrong. And I was kind of thinking, you know, his his line on the turn is just sort of is very strong. You know, raising multi way, you know, after sort of a lead is. I mean, it is a a strong line, but sort of you know, and I guess my range is somewhat capped there. Mm-hmm. So you know, this is really a this this episode is really a lesson on capped ranges. Sure. Uh, yeah. It's like every every hand so far we've said someone's range is capped. So it's it's pretty interesting. And I, I also just felt like I have a lot of I was also thinking like I have a I do I, I was thinking that I have a lot of better hands to call with. And I'm not I guess I'm not sure if that's the case, honestly. You know, now that we've kind of talked through the flop and yeah. the turn that, you know, chapter checking back the flop, sort of just call and then calling the turn, you know, there aren't a I guess there aren't really a ton of hands that I'm playing that way. Yeah, I don't know, man. Especially with the blocking properties of your hand specifically, that you are you block the set of 10s. I think that's really critical, because otherwise I think 10-10 is a very much a hand you can have here. So, Yeah, well, I, th- these are all great points, uh, and I do not make that decision, and I wind up folding. Did we ever find out what he had? No, he doesn't show. Um, the guys on either side of me basically say, I've never seen him bluff before, nice fold. Okay. And I'm like, well, I don't know what to think. You know, maybe you've never seen him bluff because everyone had thinks he never bluffs, and now he just bluffs all the time. Yep. So who knows? But hey, I think a very interesting hand. Very interesting hand. Yeah, the couple couple just weird spots there, and you know, I I think you're probably right that that making a call there is a it makes a lot of sense given that that card pairs and there's not that many value combos left. But you know, say la vie. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm uh. I don't hate your fold, by the way. I, I think it's in live poker over folding your river jams is you, it's a good strategy. So uh, I definitely um, I don't hate the fold. I'm just saying I, I would have got curious with my with 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 blocking the the tens. Yeah, fair enough. Well, well, uh, you know, let's let's keep things moving, and would love to hear your last hand. Yeah, let's 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 tie it off here. All right, so this is the hand where under the gun plus one is a complete dunk. Um, so, and he is the main villain in this hand. So we are a thousand effective. So, you know, and are we, stra- are we straddling again? Oh, yes. This is two, five, ten. So under the gun plus one is going to be first to act. So we are a hundred big blinds effective, um, uh, or with the straddle, of course. Uh, and so yep. two, five, ten, uh, under the gun plus one limps. Now he's really bad. He's mostly been betting when he has it today. I've played with him before and seen him bet when he doesn't have it. 
I think today he's just been running pure. Um, so, you know, I, it's, it's hard to know, but, uh, yeah, this dude was, this dude had a very, very large stack in front of him at one point, uh, but did not leave with any money. So, um, folds to me in the cutoff. I open it up to $40 with seven of spades, seven of hearts, the straddler calls and plus one calls. Team standard. We we yep. I love opening like opening pairs. Um, you know, you've sort of even convinced me that when you're relatively deep, opening with smaller pairs can be better than 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 over limping, just because you you know you there are some reverse implied odds with over limping where you can kind of get you know set over set more often than if you're raising and you want to build a pot for when you hit. So yeah. seven certainly above that threshold, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think limping with sevens here is 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 pretty bad. I think this needs to be a raise. So I do raise it. We go three ways, and the flop is nine of clubs, eight of clubs, five of clubs. I do not have a club. It checks. Wow! To me. So, so we yeah. do have we do have a, we do have a gutter here. We do have a gutter. We also have a pair, and it checks to me. Uh, are you betting this board with this uh, with this hand? I don't think I am. You know, I think there's I think there's lots of flushes, lots of one club. I mean, lots of like pair and a club hands, some two pairs, some sets. I think I'm pretty happy to check. I mean, we, we do have some you know ways to improve. But the other thing is like, I mean, this is this is like a pretty dicey spot, you know, yeah. for, for, for like even for bluffing. Like, you know, this is sort of one of I, this almost is is also a pretty low equity bluff if we go. I mean, if we hit a set, if there's like a one liner and still, you know, there's one clean out to hit a set, and then like a six, you know, is not really giving us great implied odds because there's a one liner and a flush on the board. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy to check and and you know wave the white flag and see if we can realize some of our equity. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I think if this is heads up, perhaps you're, I'm supposed to bet here. Um... I think that that's possible. I think my hand weird like can call a check raise, and also a lot of times I, it's more of a protection bet. And I'm talking about a heads up scenario. I think multi way calling a check raise here is suicide. But um, <laughs> uh, well, I, you know, I'd also you know maybe heads up. I might be kind of structured so I'm betting more hands. You know, when we have a pair that's under sort of the the board, I might want to bet more sevens like with a club. Sure, that's fair too. And check back sevens without a club. Yeah, that's fair too. You know, we have a straight flush draw there, of course. So. Yeah, um, versus versus you know, just kind of quick 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 point. I feel like I've you know I've I've studied a little bit where you if you had an over pair and I think especially aces, you actually want to be. I think you want to bet more. Like you can bet a lot when you don't have a club because you can call more check raises because you like unblock the main bluff on this board, which is like ace of clubs plus sure. something else. So that's whereas ace whereas if you had aces with the ace of clubs, you like aren't really scared of anything and you can kind of check back more. So kind of a weird thing where it's a little bit flip flopped. But anyway, I'm I'm happy yeah. to check here a lot of the time with seven seven no club. Yeah, I think that's I think I just have to check. I I mean I I'm tempted to try to clear out some equity, but I don't know. Seems dicey to me. So, so I, I check, and the turn gives us the straight. The turn is a six of hearts. Okay. Well, I mean, as as far as outs go, that's about the cleanest one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Under the gun, plus one now. It checks to him. 
and he bet $75 into this pot of 120. Um, so what, what do you, what do you think we should do here? You know, this is a, this is pretty interesting. You know, the board is like the board, like this is just such a gross board. I know. It's and so I'm just horrible. trying to, th what, one thing I'm thinking about, I mean, if you're thinking, I, I mean, I'm obviously not folding, right? We, we made right. a straight, yeah. I'm, we're at least calling. Let's, let's get that out of the way. Yeah. But it's it's sort of another situation where, uh, you know, I hate to use the capped rage thing again, but it's like, it's weird to raise here when we didn't on the flop. I don't like agree. I, I, I don't. I think I'm checking the nut flush here sometimes. I think you should never. I think you should almost never check nut flushes in live poker. On the flop? Really? And on the flop. I think that you never get credit really? for nut flushes on the flop. I think if there's any time to bet the nut flush... There's this weird psychology thing in live poker where I feel like people just like if like expect you to slow play the dot flush. Interesting. I, like I guess my oh, yeah, go ahead. Like I I think like raising the nut flush on the turn is just like, you know, or betting it big on the turn as opposed to the flop is just going to get you paid a lot less than mm -hmm. than uh than the flop. And because of that, I'm pretty much I'm always like starting to bet on the flop. Yeah, I, I think multi-way, I'm much more inclined to bet on the flop, too, uh, for sure, with on that flush. I guess heads up, I feel like I might check it sometimes because I'm blocking them from having the the stiff ace of the suit, uh, which is a hand that they will give me action with. Um, you know, if, if, you know, if I had a smaller flush, say, because I'm always betting a smaller flush for sure on the flop. But, yeah, you know, the no flush course. specifically... Uh, I'm like, hmm, you know, I'm kind of blocking them from having a card that is very much so going to give me action. So maybe I do want to slow play here, but I don't know. Um, okay, well, well, in in this case, so so if you if you think that you know you're going to be checking back the nut flush sometimes multi way, kind of letting your opponents catch up, and you're raising the nut flush for value, then I I don't then I kind of I'm sort of flip flopped my reasoning a little bit, which is not really good for consistency, but that makes me want to race here actually less. Because we have plenty of combos that, like, value combos that we're raising with on the turn. Yeah, I, I think we do. I mean, I, I think we do have some value to raise with on the turn. I mean, but I don't hate raising here either um, to get called by, like, the stiff ace of clubs. You know right. what I mean? The stiff yeah, ace I do, of clubs I will call a raise. Yep, sure. That That's fair that, you know, people hate folding the nut flash draw. Yeah. So, I... I don't hate a raise here, and I'm part of me thinks that it's possibly correct. I mean, I don't think calling's me that bad, um, but I, I think we can raise for value here, and then you know, obviously, if we get three bad, we can lay a town easy, and we're very, yeah, well, you know, we're, yeah, not very, we're yeah. deep enough for that. So, yeah, and the other thing is, you know, I am always a little bit wary of like raising for value when we could, when like a decent portion of opponent raise ranges just have us drawing dead. Yes, that's fair, but a lot of times uh, we are going to get to see, I mean, if they're just going to call with like a smaller flush and then the river goes check, check, like, okay, you know, that's not the end of the world. That's uh, true. I mean, that's true. Taking the betting lead, certainly there's something to say. So I, I guess I could get, you know, that, that makes some sense that, you know, I could get on board with sort of a smaller, a, a smaller raise just to sort of buy ourselves a free river. Yeah, like a thin value raising. And again, like this, like I said, this player is a donk. Like I don't, he's not going to be check raising as a bluff here ever. You know, right. he, you're not, sorry. He's not going to be bet three betting here as a bluff ever. If he bet three bets me, it's a very easy 
very easy lay down. But um, right. uh, so I, I'm happy to kind of um, I'm happy to, I think, put a little bit more money in this pot while I am ahead of a lot. But I don't do that. I do just call. I do just call for a lot of the okay. reasons you stated. Um, so uh, in game, I call. I do like a raise in hindsight. Anyway, uh, straddler folds. So we are heads up. Okay. And the pot is now um, is now we're, we're two seventy, I believe. Two seventy, and we've got yeah. like eighty. We've got like piles behind. We've got yeah, like yeah, 880. yeah, yeah, yeah. The river is the five of diamonds, so pairs the bottom card, does not complete the flush, and the villain bets one sixty five. Okay. What do you think? I think. I mean, I think. I think. I just want to call here. I mean, I, I think for all the reasons that you stated, if we wanted to raise for value, I feel like it's better to do so on the turn. You know, and I know we've talked about this on podcast and off podcast before where getting value is often easier on the flop and turn just because you can get value from so many draws. And as you said, there's like plenty of hands that the villain will have here with like the naked ace of clubs. And that those hands might still bet the river here, you know, for, a, for a decent sizing as a bluff. And, you know, we can kind of just... So, so for for those reasons, I mean, I'm I'm happy to call just because you know we did check back the flop. We're getting, I mean, the odds aren't terrible. We've got like a, a pretty strong hand. You know, we're ahead of all his bluffs. Yeah, yeah I, he could be doing this um, with like I mean, he could he could be doing this with two pair even. I think for value, like he could be value owning himself. Yeah, and, and as and as you've also said, you know, if this villain's a donk and like is gonna do this sometimes when he doesn't have it and has just like decided to be donkey, then then I definitely like calling. Yeah, I mean I was considering folding in real time because I was just like, you know, man, this guy's been running so pure and he's I only seen him bet big when he has it. Even though on other days I've seen him bet big when he doesn't have it, just today he's been running so pure and like maybe he's just like feeling it and he's betting and I'm about to be throwing the goods. But um Anyway, I, I I think I I think folding here is just kind of um, I think it's too nitty. So I did call, and okay. I go I call. I was like, all right, I call. I have a straight, and I show my pocket sevens. And he looks at his hand, and he goes, ah, you do have a straight. And then he shows the dealer his hand. He goes, look at that. And then he lays down six five offsuit for a rivered boat. Wow. Wow. Well, I mean, I, you know, he he did bet, you know, I he did bet the turn, and I guess that's a spot. It, it's kind of interesting. Do you think that this player is calling a turn raise with 6-5? Bottom two pair? Honestly, Josh, I have no idea. Because this is an interesting spot where we, you know, raising the turn definitely can get value from worse hands, and then it gets value from the ace of clubs. But there are hands like, you know... I guess sets are probably going to call a raise a lot of the time, but, you know, two pair, I mean, I guess there aren't that many two pair combos, so I still kind of like, I you know, I, I kind of am, am on board now with, with you raising the turn, but it's a really interesting hand that, you know, it's, you know, that's a that's a hand I did not expect him to have. Nope, didn't even consider that he, he might have 6-5, and I didn't appreciate the slow roll, but, you know, that's how it goes sometimes, and he's a good dude, and it was, it was he, you know, he's, it was fun to play with, but uh, definitely was sad to get slow rolled by 6-5 off. Wow, that's, yeah, no, I, I and I think that's a fine call, you know, I, I think for all the reasons you stated, I think I can totally get on board, you know, with a, with a raise on the turn, 
I would say this sort of villain might donk the river anyway when the board pairs. Sure, yeah. And that Which... might actually put us in a really tough spot. You know, if we raise the turn and then he donks river on a pair on a board bearing card, that's kind of hard we... to get away from because like it's such a nut change. I think yeah. we got a fold. <laughs> yeah, like... it's just like such a weird. It would be such a weird scenario, you know. Yeah, I'm not saying I would fold. I might call anyway because I would get curious. But I think that's the. I think given the play pattern of you know check call donk river, you know, is like yeah. usually pretty nutted. Um, yeah. So, oh my god. Yeah, wow. but anyway, that was that was a memorable and really an interesting hand. You know, I I was pretty flummoxed on most on pretty much all three streets. So. Yeah, well, I I think that's a, a cool. You know, I I think sort of this hand and the last one of of mine. I think these are hands that are just so helpful to talk through. And a big reason why we do this podcast is because, you know, when I was talking about that ace-10 hand, everything you said, I was like, wow, that makes complete sense. Like, I should have thought about all that, you know, and it hopefully will will help me get better, you know, which we'll, we'll see. Well, and likewise, to your point, you know, I think what you're saying, uh, I mean, I, I definitely like I. I think you're right about the slow playing the net flush. I think you're I think you are right that players are going to like think you're slow playing when you raise turn much more often and then like like overfold versus like they just won't give you credit on the flop i think that's totally right so i will not i will not be checking back net flushes from now on i don't think i mean maybe but have you ever done the following where you bet let's say the the flop comes out monotone and, and you flop like top top or something like that and you bet and someone kind of calls you down with like a, a weak flush on for like two streets, and then you know it goes river goes check check. They show a flush. You say you're good, and they go, yeah, I knew you didn't have the nut flush when you bet so big on the flop or something weird like that. Because yep. I've had that happen many times. Yeah, I've definitely had situations like that where it's just like, yeah, it's I don't know. People read into things in fascinating ways, and sometimes sometimes at the end of the day, I'll like. I'll like reflect on a strange comment that was made at a poker table and I'll be like, you know what? It kind of makes sense. I, I could see it, you know, it's kind of right. So, Hey, give them, give them a bit of credit. If it's a yeah. play pattern, they've observed a lot. Fair enough. So. Yeah. Well, cool. I think that's a, I think that's a great hand. I think we learned a lot about uh, capping ranges and, you know, aggression and the lack thereof and all the good things that go into a poker hand and that we have uh, much to learn. Absolutely. Yeah, I played like a donkey this week, uh, and I'm hoping to redeem myself next week. Uh, but uh, I think that just about wraps it up. Thanks so much for your time, as always, my dear friend. Yeah, wonderful as usual. And thank you to our listeners for sitting through uh, this punt fest with us. Uh, we very much appreciate you, especially if you've liked, commented, and subscribed. Those things are so you're really going to earn a special place in our hearts if you do those things. So We don't play favorites, but we do love you more if you like, comment, and subscribe. That's exactly correct. Thank you, Josh. All right, everybody. <laughs> Have a good night.